No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 20. Oh, the big 2-0. The big 2-0. And I'm not going to lie, I'm feeling a, a little more, like, better. You got pep in your step today? I got a little more pep than I usually do on a Monday night. You want to tell everybody why you got a little pep yeah, in your step? Sure. I'm, I'm drinking a uh, a libation that's a little more strong than what we're used to. Wait, are you saying that we are somewhere other than our sponsor, Nebraska Brewing Company? Yes, we are. Where? We are at. I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm just too excited, man. Okay. <laughs> Get there. Where, where are we at? Tell okay, everybody now, where we're at. Now, if I say this wrong, the guy that we have on is going to correct me, right? So, I, Patriarch. Oh, no. You'll be good. Yep. Patriarch Distillers at Soldier Valley Spirits. And, okay, so I'm just going to say, I've had a couple what they call big red ones. Which is simply whiskey and coke. That's it. Like yeah. gotcha. well, not only whiskey, but Patriarch whiskey. Not only just, the best whiskey yeah. around. Big red. I mean, it's fitting. Big red one. I mean, Mike, what do you think about Big Red One, man? Big Red One is pretty good. And yeah. let me tell you what I had before. Uh, I had. Well, it's you had a drink. some before that. Yeah, I had something before that. Patriarch Distillery does vodka. They do whiskey. They do bourbon, and they have some private stocks as well. And tonight, I wanted to try the Red Dawn. And let me tell you what the Red Dawn is. It's Soldier Valley Vodka, cranberry juice, and Italian blood orange soda. And I'll tell you what, that was really good. Refreshing? Like, it was refreshing. And you know what? I mean, I could definitely do a couple of those. I mean, <laughs> look, I'll just say, like, they're not skimping on the good stuff here. Like, we come here, we might expect something to be a little more diluted or watered down. Just not like our, here, just like our podcast, right? Diluted and watered <laughs> Let's down. Go. That's good. Um, okay, that, that's an excellent. Uh, yeah. So, great, Mike. Just uh, just after we're done rambling here, let me tell you, we are now sponsored by Patriarch Distillers and Soldier, Soldier Valley, Valley Spirits. Spirits. You bet. And today we have Rich Carsonson with us, who is the marketing guy for Soldier Valley Spirits. Indeed. And we just want him to tell you a little bit about tell you a little bit about them themselves and uh, kind of what they're all about. So Rich, you want to take it away? You betcha. Sounds good. Well, hey, thanks for the introduction, guys. You bet. Well, a little bit about Soldier Valley Spirits, Patriarch Distillers. Uh, it was founded by Jeff Haddon. Uh, we've been around for almost nine years now, and we're pretty proud of things. We're down here in La Vista. Our address is actually 12251 Cary Circle. Our little building here is 100, which is nice. We are veteran owned and we take a lot of pride in that. And a lot of the things that we do, we make fantastic bourbon, vodka, whiskey, rum. We do even a private stock, which is actually our, our rye whiskey. And, you know, our stuff comes in Soldier Valley bottles, which are actually World War II cantinas. And uh, we just signed on with Lee Greenwood. So Lee Greenwood oh, signature wow. spirits. Sings proud to be American, all that. So we've been producing his stuff now. So we are, we're in 10 states now and we're looking to even move further. So um, glad to have you guys. And like I said, we're, we're looking forward to make this a great partnership. So Rich, you mentioned that you're in 10 states. Can you talk, you know, just real quick about like this caravan that you guys have that you go from state to state? What do you guys have to set up? What you, is it? You betcha. Uh, that's our... <laughs> That's our newest vehicle that we purchased about a year ago. Uh, we actually have, it is a 2009 Freightliner truck with a rather large 48-foot um, trailer. And we decked it all all out red, white, and blue. You'll probably see us here in Omaha throughout the 
throughout the state of you know Nebraska, down into Lincoln, and right now we're down in the southern states. We're actually down in Florida, down in Texas, and we're we're um, promoting our stuff. So get a lot of bike shows. We've done Sturgis this year. We've been down to Daytona, and we're just going to come out in full force and uh, get our product out to as many people as we can. Heck yeah, and maybe future tailgate, we'll see. I'm thinking so. That truck just might have to find its way back to Lincoln, so um, I'm pretty sure we can do that. So definitely look for us, and man, we'd love to hook up with you guys. So, I mean, we could yeah, rock man. some parties, you know what I mean? Heck yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Well, a big reason why we want to hook up with you guys, like not only are you based in La Vista, which is very nice and convenient, but you guys have an identity, and like you said, you are veteran-owned. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's just a really cool, you know, caveat to add to this, you know, podcast experience for us. And it's awesome to have you on board. Absolutely. Especially with Kyle on. Kyle's uh, enjoying himself in Mexico currently, but he is also a veteran. So it, everything just ties really well. I mean, I got a military family. Uh, we love uh, the boys that fight for the red, white and blue. And uh, I can't wait to see where this sponsorship goes. You betcha. Well, we're looking forward to it. And like I said, it's 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 a great partnership. I think this is going to be fantastic. Um, like I said, with us being veteran-owned and proud about the state of Nebraska, uh, proud about the Huskers, you know, we're, we're going to find a way to uh, get more and more bottles of our whiskey, bourbon, vodka into people's hands and or at least to have them experience and have a drink. We always ask that anytime you do have one, man, hold that glass up high. Be thankful for every soldier that is out there, uh, past, present, and future, uh, especially any family members. And, and I tell you what, raise that glass of pie and give them thanks because they, they deserve it. Now, do you guys have any, do you have like a, a motto or a slogan? Like your logo is a six, so got your six, you right? You betcha. You betcha. That's part of it. Got your six. Uh, we're all about family. We're all about freedom and you know, it's it's about family values, really, is what it really comes down to. We're proud of each and every one of our, our employees and everybody that's out there doing their thing. Right on. Thank you again, Rich, for coming on the pod and, you know, promoting Soldier Valley Spirits. Mike, we have a hat giveaway, supposedly. So to announce and put a, a cherry on top of this wonderful promotion we want to give back to you guys as well our our wonderful listeners Mm -hmm. and so we are going to do another hat giveaway i know we've done some in the past but this one is going to be a little bit different uh in honor of our new sponsor soldier valley we want to give away a soldier valley hat the rules are very simple they're very similar to the stuff we do in the past all you need to do is go follow follow soldier valley six on twitter uh, go find them on Instagram. Go them on Facebook. If you find if you follow them on all three social media platforms, you get extra names in the thing for the drawing. But mm-hmm. we are going to give away a free hat with Soldier Valley on it. Like I said, veteran owned. It's about as American as it's going to get, and it could be yours for just all you have to do is just follow. Just go ahead and follow those guys on social media. Make sure you're following No Block No Rock podcast. But Jared, did we have a guest today? Oh, yeah, we have a. I mean, besides Rich, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Sorry, Rich. I'm pretty special. I'm just saying. I I get it. Now, this guy is a little more, you know, relevant to, you know, our topic, which is Nebraska football. We've got a former Nebraska wingback and national champion, Abdul Muhammad, on the pod. So, Mike, what do you say we just cut to the interview right now? Let's do it. Bam. Boom. We have with us today on the No Block, No Rock podcast, a man who has been called by a certain commentator. Um, the toughest Husker of all time. 
Abdul Ma, and he's shaking his head. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. that, was, that started with from Dr. Tom Osborne. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who better? Yeah. That, that started with with him. He he said that out of his mouth. That's, okay. That's and then Chris better. and Chris Collinsworth ran with it. And that's uh, right. That's right. But let let's put a, a name to the the moniker. We got Abdul Muhammad, former uh, wingback for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. And uh, we just want to thank you for coming on the No Block No Rock podcast. Yep, I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys uh, reaching out. No doubt. Um, just to start, um, we're recording on Monday after a hectic, crazy playoff weekend in the NFL. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm assuming you were watching, right? I was watching. My team, the Cowboys, was out of it. But I'm, okay. Okay. Well, I'm still look, a football fan. Yeah, absolutely. So my question is, you see the the Bills and Chiefs game. Josh Allen doesn't get a chance. You know, we can talk about hindsight and all these rules rules changes that need to be made. Do you like the overtime rule in the NFL right now? Uh, you know what? I, I kind of like the high school rule, you know, that money in and just go at it. Uh, whoever scores wins. It's kind of college. It's kind of like college. Okay. It's kind of like college a little bit, you know. Um, you just each team get a chance no matter what. Uh, I like that because if both teams, if, if it's come down to a tie, uh, that means both teams were playing pretty hard going at it. Uh, both teams trying to win. Clock run out is a tie game. I feel like both teams should have a chance to do what they need to do to have an opportunity to win the game. That's kind of what we were talking about, too. It's like, okay, you have four quarters of just straight smash-mouth football. That's and right. then, of course, the end of that Bills and Chiefs game, the last two minutes were just straight fireworks the entire time. And Man. the fact right. that the game is determined on a coin flip, yeah, it, it's, it's just kind of tough because, I mean, you're Josh Allen sitting on the sideline, and you know that both offenses are – they're just cruising, and you know that that defense isn't going to make a stop. So if right. you don't win that coin toss, you don't get a chance. And yeah. I know that some of the Chiefs fans that are listening, they proposed that a couple years ago after uh, they never got an opportunity in 2019. Mm -hmm. But it's right. one of those things. It's like that game last night was a game for the ages. I mean, oh, yeah. the fact that the Chiefs yeah. moved the ball down the field with 13 seconds and got in right. field goal range was just – amazing and so yeah yes. we just really wanted to see your opinion on uh and and how would you handle overtime would you have them go at the 50 yard line each get a possession would you still have the kickoff what what would you think uh would be the best way what to kind of do it like college start at the 25 and uh you know see what each team gets gets done from there man and then okay. if, if it continues to go just like college you have to start going for two um, so it don't get so prolonged, but even some of the college games got prolonged. Uh, mm -hmm. I think it was a seven overtime game this year in college football. Well, yeah, with the whole two point, yeah, two point yeah. conversion thing. Yes. Penn yeah. State. Yeah. yeah. Would you like? Would you yeah, like that, that was, when you were playing? Somebody. That was right. That, well, we, you know, about 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 time my junior year came around, we didn't need overtime or nothing. So <laughs> <laughs> humble yeah. brag. Yeah, that, that's okay. Yeah. If you have every right to humble brag about that. You guys, uh, you guys were the best team in football, and there was no doubt about it. That's right. I don't know if you can see my hat, but uh, I got that back-to-back -back national championship hat on nice. uh, for yeah, this like interview. That. So it still look good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is my grandpa's. So 
Uh, wow, he kept, he kept, yeah, he kept it up. That's good. Yeah. I don't only wear, I only wear this for special occasions. It's usually on nice. display in my basement on nice. my bar. So, uh, yeah, but I, I figured it was a good time to wear this with an interview with yourself. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. All right. Well, let's, let's just talk about you a little bit. Um, you know, as it's pretty well documented, you're a guy from Compton, California, far right. cry from Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, That's- you know, you pro- like I can't say for sure because I was I was born in '91. So, like, yeah, I saw I saw the golden age, right? I remember some of it. I remember going to Dodge Street after like '97, right? Right. But take me back to when you know you're in high school. What kind of like standing did Nebraska have in the state of California? And really, what was it about Nebraska that made you want to leave sunny California to go to come here? So there was a there was a huge California following for Nebraska back when I was growing up. Uh, and when I was growing up, they had this uh, cable channel that came out when I was about six, seven, called Prime Ticket. And so what Prime Ticket used to do was reshow Husker games on Sundays, right? Okay. So I would watch as a little kid just getting into football, I would watch those games because they were always ranked back then. That when you're talking the 80s, right? Yeah. Early 80s. Uh, and so I just fell in love with the way they played football. And by the time I became 9, 10, I wanted to be a Husker. Uh, and it was no doubt about it. It was just, I was just locked in like, man, I love that team. And uh, I told my mom, you know, when I was 10 and I was going to play for Nebraska. And uh, that's kind of how that happened. But there was a huge following for Nebraska and California. Uh, seemed like it was a migration or something, like people retired from Nebraska and wanted to get to warmer weather. And so sure. my mom still goes to, there's a bar in Orange County, the Husker Bar. Really? She watches the there, yeah. Yeah, she goes there and watches the games. She goes and watches every Husker game. That's right. Everyone she can get. Yep. If she okay. got busy, so she I, goes and watches those games in Orange County. Yeah. So they they still kicking out there in California from <laughs> Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned uh, watching games when you were younger on Sundays, yeah. and we always talk about like the change in the landscape of college football, and you know why Nebraska might not be so prestigious as much anymore. And, you know, you talk about you grew up in California. I mean, this is a long ways away, and they, they're still playing games in California, whereas now, I mean, you can you can watch any team play, and it's just like Nebraska doesn't have that. Like, it would just be Nebraska, Oklahoma, like yeah. on TV all the time, no matter what. And now it's just right. anybody, you know what I mean? Right. And so it's just interesting to hear that you were watching Nebraska play when you were 10 years old, like, I'm assuming like Turner Gill and Irving Fryer. and That's who was playing. Yeah. It's awesome. It was playing the scoring explosion. That's right. Yeah, man, they was going, yeah, they was scoring 50, 60 on people, man. You couldn't miss that. You know, I remember I had a T-shirt. I wish I'd have kept that T-shirt, but I had a buddy that was very great at art. And, and he used to, if you gave him a white T-shirt, he can make it look just like the away team, the away team jersey. Oh, wow. I, had, I had a Husker one, man. He made me a white Husker jersey. Uh-huh. Yeah, man. He was really good at that stuff. 
So I was I was Mike Rogier at about nine, 10 years old. That's awesome. So yeah. sticking with that, so you you played wing back at Nebraska. Did you run the option in high school? Is that the is that the type of system that you got you that you learned from, or is that something it didn't matter what system it was, you wanted to play at Nebraska? Yeah, it didn't matter what system. We threw the ball. We our quarterback, John Walsh, threw for over four thousand yards. He was actually the quarterback at BYU. So if you can remember back then, he was, you know, came right after Detmer. Uh, and John was a big-time quarterback, but that was my high school quarterback. All four receivers went D1 off our team. We just threw the ball. We threw it all the time. Uh, so you can just think back in 1990, we threw for over 4,000 yards as a high school. Dang. Uh, and that, that was huge. Yeah, I went to Nebraska, the Tario Fresno State, uh, Fred Sims, Cal, and Theron Hill went to Washington. And so we, yeah, it was a big time. We had a big time uh, school and all we did was pass. So it was a shock for me, but I wanted to be a hustler. So they could offer me as a kicker. I probably would have came. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's go back to 1993, um, a season that, you know, Husker fans look back on and it's a huge what if season, right? You play the Orange Bowl um, versus Florida State. So like, let's go back to, your you know playing career that year right so how would you describe kind of what your role was on the team you know dudes dudes who play um they they have certain roles on the team right that's right an interesting stat that i read about you was most of your receptions that year came on third down that's right so like i have this image in my head of you being the bailout guy like we got it you're our target to get to keep this drive moving so, like, what was your role during your playing career? You kind of explained it. I led the team that year in receiving, and it was I was a big third-down guy, like you said. Uh, we didn't throw the ball much. Uh, mm-hmm. Tight ends were running wide open often because the offense that we ran. But there was plays, uh, specific plays that Coach Osborne had put in for me starting that year uh, when he kind of figured out my skill set. There were some plays that he put in in 93 that carried over to 94. Okay. He had put in uh, some special plays to where it was kind of like it reminded me, you know, as I got older, I thought about it kind of like NFL plays where I had options in the route, you know, where I wanted to go deep or break it off, cut out, cut in. And so I, I had a couple plays like that in our playbook starting in 93. So you were all reliable, basically. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much sticking with with early on in your career too. this something that just didn't really happen very often in Nebraska is freshmen playing right away. And you were one of three guys in 91 that played as a freshman. Can you talk about how that went? uh, Those conversations went? Did you just work harder than the other guys? Uh, Was it something that you were kind of promised when you were um, recruiting uh, and recruiting? Or is it just something that you're just like, hey, you know, like get me on the field any way you can? Yeah, well, well. You know, I, I can say that I'm a pretty confident guy. And then in high school, I did well, played in the Shrine Bowl, did well. And so when I found out on my recruiting trips that colleges take a certain number of receivers on away games and and rotate them, uh, a lot of colleges started rotating that, during that time. You know, before the end, colleges would play like their main players 
receivers would stay on the field. They would send somebody else in with the play. But once I found out that players were rotating, you know, I knew I, at that time any college I went to, even with my stature, that I was going to play as a freshman. Like, there's not three people better than me on the team. I knew that for a fact. Right on. I knew that I would come to Nebraska and play. Uh, a lot of people were shocked because of my size that I was playing so early, but I wasn't shocked at all. I, I knew I can play, you know, at the highest level because I always done that. Another thing too, another thing too that, that helped that, uh, and I'm glad you brought this, that up. That was the really the first year that I think that coach Osborne had decided that the best guys were going to start being on the field because he didn't play a lot of freshmen up until that point. And that year was like one of the first years that freshmen came in. Like I started two games that year. So freshmen came in playing that year. And I think from then on, you've seen a pattern of guys coming in and playing right away. Were you playing a lot of special teams then uh, early in your career? I did. I did. I played punt. And did you take pride in that? Is that something that I, I did? I did. And the only time I got hollered at both by Coach Osborne was in practice, and we was running punt, and I happened to be on the sideline talking, and they hollering punt team, and uh, uh -oh. <laughs> and so we found out who was supposed to be out there, and yeah, I got chewed out that that day, and uh, it never happened again. But yeah, that was kind of funny. It wasn't funny then, but uh, but now I look back on it like that was the only time I ever got hollered at by Coach Osborne not being where I was supposed to be for special teams practice. Can you uh, can you explain to the listeners of what a being chewed out by Tom Osborne is like? I mean, are we talking like I'm assuming it's it's not like a Bo Pelini yeah. type of? Is it more no, of a like I'm no, disappointed? No, no, <laughs> you, you won't get touched. You won't get cursed. That it was a. Dang gun it, Muhammad. It was just no, dang gun it. When you heard dang gun it, you were <laughs> when, like that was the that was the ultimate trouble there. And I, I got one of those that day. And so I knew it was serious, man. I remember grabbing my helmet. I probably ran a four or two to get back on the field. <laughs> yeah. I went flying out there, man. So I mean, that's probably more intimidating than a coach that just constantly is in your ear yelling at you or, you know, throwing out bombs here and there. But when you hear Osborne say, dad gummit, it's just like, okay. Oh, no. I effed up. Yeah. 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 That's like, that's like uh, Charlie McBride going into one of his ranks. Yeah. yeah you don't get the real deal from Coach McBride. Trust me. Yeah. Well, McBride probably did like, you know, the quote, dirty work. You know, Tom. Tom's kind of the clean guy. You know, I'll say Dad Gummit, but Charlie's gonna be my no. It, it down and dirty. Matter of fact, when we got ready to play teams that were highly ranked and people thought that you know it was a big time game, it was Coach McBride giving that pregame speech. Okay. Uh, yeah, we were ready to go after one of his speeches. You, if you're not ready to go after one of McBride's speeches, you could just stay in the locker room. You <laughs> know, use some running out. Yeah. Well, this kind of brings me to like, you know, I'll, I'll just go to 94 where, you know, we played Miami and Osborne finally gets over the hump. 
And so, you know, take, take me into the locker room at that time. Were you guys fully aware that, okay, we need to be the ones that put Osborne over the hump. Like it's been 20 plus years. Like we got to be the ones like, was there talk in the locker room about that? Like, did coaches say anything about, Hey, we got to get Thomas title. Was there anything like that going on? No, there, there wasn't really a lot of talk about that. It was just week by week, just doing your job, going out and winning games. It wasn't no win one for this person, win one for that person. See, a lot of people don't understand, and I talk to people about this. When I came in my freshman year, and for about three straight recruiting classes, there were multiple state champions in the classes, and that was huge. Uh, we had winners, right? Coming mm-hmm. into Nebraska, people that were used to winning all kind of met up at the same time. And so there was no doubt about how we were leaving, right, as a freshman group. Uh, and we we did talk about that as freshmen. My freshman class, we talked about leaving with two national championships, and most of them did. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the ones that redshirted, they end up leaving with two. Um, and so that was huge because that was our plan from the get-go when we all met and had our first workout. We talked about national championships. And so it wasn't that, you know, a lot of the talk in the locker room was about winning one for this coach or that coach. It was just about winning, period. And it was about a Nebraska thing, uh, right? It was for the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Mm-hmm. And what that, that uniform that we had on and represented, that's what we were winning for. I mean, that's you're. I mean, you're basically echoing a previous guest that we had, uh, Kenny Cheatham. He basically said the same thing. Like, yeah. you come to Nebraska, and anything less than winning is unacceptable. For yeah. I mean, and I guess this can kind of go into like our next question is just like this past season, three and nine, and it was just close the whole season. Did it irk you at all about you know? Coaches and players saying we're so close, we're so close. Did that irk you a little bit? Like, does that get under your skin like it does mine? You know, with losing, man, you when I was younger, man, I used to cry. I ain't even going to lie. I used to cry. Like, Oklahoma hurt me so bad a couple times, man. I, I boo-hoo cry as a young kid, you know, right. watching the Oklahoma beat us all the time. Now I don't get that emotional uh, because I understand it. I see what's going on. And plus this year, this past year, I've seen a lot of development. I've seen a lot of uh, guys getting better. I've seen coaches getting better. Uh, and and that to me was uh, a little more persevering than, you know, just taking the losses and being upset about the losses. I love the fact that we were in every game this past year. But you being a, a winner – you, you don't tolerate uh, close losses. They're not the same thing as a win, right? Without a doubt. Okay. No, not not at all. You know, you see the improvement. You want to get the W, uh, and I see it coming. I'm not even going to lie. I see it coming. Uh, you know, I'm doing my part. I got some things with the university coming up uh, that I'll be helping out with. And so and I know it's going to help out in the future uh, down the road. And so I'm, I'm excited about what's about to happen, you know. Especially having my guy Mickey Joseph back. Yeah. That's huge. That's huge. 
do you want to do you want to expand on that a little bit so what are you optimistic about this year i mean obviously we have uh multiple new coaches on the offensive st- side of the ball uh i mean we brought in 16 uh transfers we brought in a pretty okay recruiting class i mean do you feel like nebraska can get over that hump and start winning games not winning like almost winning games like they actually finish the game by double zeros they have more points than the other team yeah i i I think it's coming i really believe it's coming and i've always been one to tell tell it like it is uh my dad was my dad is a kool-aid guy so it don't matter (laughs) what the team look like He's going to try to convince me that Nebraska is going undefeated. Oh, no. Preseason <laughs> every year. I have to go through that with him. <laughs> uh, but I'm always the one to humble him. So I usually humble him. Uh, but this year, I think there's some expectations. Some of the guys that I've watched on film that they're bringing in, some of those guys look legit. And I think they can really help us. We were close last year. I think we get over the hump in some of those games this year. And so I, I think that we'll be okay. Uh, I'm I'm sipping a little Kool-Aid this year. Okay. Uh, okay. So Stay away from that. I'm, I know. I have, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And so I'm excited. I'm excited about it, man. I got my guy Trev, you know, who I've always kept in contact with, the AD. You know, he invited me to a game this past year, the Michigan game. He put me up in a suite with him. Oh, okay. So, man, I got I had Kool-Aid all over my face that day. So, <laughs> I, bathed I, in it. <laughs> I had stains on my the Husker shirt. And so, I, I was all in after that. So It's hard to blame you after that. <laughs> yeah, 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 man. I Just what's crazy is we talked about they had forgot that there used to be JV college football. The last time I was in the press box was doing a JV game in 1991. I watched the game as a freshman in the press box. We played Air Force. I remember like it was yesterday. They don't have that JV game stuff no more, but people forget that there was JV college football. Well, that's where a lot of Nebraska's like kind of development came from, right? I mean, your underclassmen get to play in these games and get experience. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you play. You played with Trev. Sounds like uh, you guys are still pretty close. Uh, obviously, he had to have some tough conversations with Scott in the offseason, um, and ch- changes had to happen. And I think the changes that he's made are going to definitely push us in the right direction. I mean, do you think there's like a win, like a magic number that Scott needs to get to to show development, to show that we're going in that right direction? I think this year they showed that they were going in the right direction. I think the next thing is winning games. Like you guys stated, you it's time to start winning some games, man. It's you have to win games, man. No, nobody, you can't keep a job with almost. Almost don't keep you jobs, man. I don't care who's coaching what university, man. Your guy, you know, your guy at LSU. He two years removed from a national championship. Yeah, or drawn, yeah. yeah. Or drawn. Yeah. Man, you can't be at a big-time program and not win because you won't be there long. And Nebraska still, contrary to what people believe, Nebraska is still a big-time program, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean, you saw 
like ratings are still, I'm not going to say they're through the roof, but I mean, considering where Nebraska has been for the past, gosh, I mean, you could say four, you could say 10. Some people even go 20. I mean, not winning anything of substance. And yet, you know, their ratings are still very solid. And like you said, they have that West coast following in Arizona and California. I mean, gosh, I just, can we, we just need to get this thing turned around. I mean, yeah. I can't, I can only imagine what it would be like if we got back to the nine wins, like Bo Pelini had, I mean, we took that for granted. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. They, they took that for granted. And, and now we in a situation where just think how bad it's been for me. I'm a cowboy fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Husker fan. And so football, football has just been outside of my coaching football for me has been absolutely bad. Football sucks right now for us. For about two decades, right? So, so it's time. It's, it's time. We do. We do, and I, I believe it's going to happen, man. I believe that they brought in some guys that are going to help Scott turn this thing around. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, uh, you mentioned Mickey Joseph. I mean, like, do you foresee him being – a future head coach somewhere at a big time program? Like what kind of guy, you know, you, he, he's been in the headlines here locally because he's been going to high schools all around Omaha, you know, Omaha central, even Benson, which technically doesn't have a great football program, but he still finds the time to go there. Like, yeah. are we talking about a future head coach and waiting here? I believe so. Definitely. He's been a head coach before, you know, I've followed him since he left Nebraska. We just always stayed close. Uh, a lot of the same mentality, winning. Uh, you know, we talked the last Friday we were together, and he talked about leaving the state of Louisiana. And, you know, I talked about leaving the state of California. You know, two big-time football states uh, that have great athletes that come out of them. Mm -hmm. And we talked about that with some of our kids that hopefully will have a chance to play in Nebraska one day. You know, we got some really good young guys at Benson High School where I coach that I think will have a chance uh, if they can keep on the right, keep in the right direction to play at that level. Can you talk about uh, so let's let's shift to your coaching career now. Um, I mean, you're you obviously like to uh, teach the younger generation um, how to play football, um, you know, uh, be good on and off the field. Um, can you talk about how the transition from being a player to being a coach and, and just, I guess, yeah, what's, what's just like your overall opinion on, on uh, becoming a coach uh, versus actually strapping it up and doing it yourself? Yeah. Well, one of the things that I, I knew, uh, and I think coach Osborne knew, cause he's the one who got me into coaching. He asked me one day walking to class uh, cause I was still working on my degree. If I wanted to coach, the following year. Uh, and it took me about five minutes to think about it. You know, Tommy Frazier's back, Lawrence is back, Peter's back. That sounds like another national championship. Yes, I coach, right? So uh, I, I ended up coaching that 95 year or the back to back. And so not until then did I understand what it took as a coach to be a champion. I had no idea that these guys were meeting at six in the morning. I had no idea that your Sundays were over. You know, they're meeting all day at the stadium on Sundays. 
meeting after practice, before practice, after practice, I had no idea that that kind of work was being put in day in and day out to be that good. And so that taught me a lot that year, you know, coaching under Coach Osborne of what it took to be that kind of coach. But one of the things I knew, because it didn't matter in, in youth football, when I got to high school, when I got to college, I just understood football. I understood the plays. Like that never got in the way of me playing, right? I was always able to play at the highest level because I understood the plays. I understood what was going on, understood coverages. And so it was easy. And so coaching to me was easy. You know, we, I've been coaching youth football for 16 years. I've been in 14 championships, won 10 of them, lost four of them. Uh, and so I planned on working with these guys now that I'm coaching in youth football and moving them on to where I'm coaching high school and kind of replicating and doing some of the same things. Uh, and so I'm excited about the next few years at Benson High School because we got some guys there that's young, and we definitely got some guys coming in. Okay. And, like, <clears throat> kind of expanding, you know, you, know you, you also do a lot of work with the Boys and Girls Clubs in Omaha. Correct. And, you know, I don't think it's, like, any secret that, you know, growing up in Compton, it wasn't exactly – the most stable, safe environment that you grew up in. That's Can you right. just kind of touch on, you know, your personal experiences growing up and how you're using those experiences to kind of guide these Omaha youth? Yeah. Well, one of the things, man, I'm glad you asked that. One of the things that, cause I do a lot of mentoring in schools. That's awesome. And so, and one of the things that I try to elaborate on them is that to this day in Compton, the our rival where I grew up at, our rival neighborhood is directly across the street off of Compton Boulevard, right? Mm -hmm. So to this day, I can't just go out my mom's, walk across the street to that neighborhood and be safe. But in Omaha, in Nebraska, I can do that. You usually don't get into it with guys unless they know who you are. And you guys have some, you guys have some friction somewhere down the line. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. said, man, in Compton, still to this day, you can't go in neighborhoods. Like, it would be over. And so you guys got it. And then the mentoring stuff, you know, they try to do that in Compton, but it's tough. Like, right now, it's still tough. And so I try to tell these kids here that they don't understand how well they have life. They don't understand that all the, the mentoring, you know, you have all kind of mentoring programs, you know, Coach Osborne's mentoring program in all the schools, basically, mm -hmm. you know, uh, teammates. Teammates, yep. Yeah. Right. And so you have all these programs for these kids and all these scholarship opportunities that is just unbelievable the situation that they're in in Nebraska. Like, I wish I could just find somebody, a donor or somebody and say, man, Let's just get all the bad kids. Just want to take them on a tour through Compton so they can see what it really is. Yeah. And what it's like to be in that kind of environment as a kid growing up and to have it rough and tough to where 
you have to watch where you're going and what you're doing at all times. I'm going to kind of turn this into um, how Nebraska football as a whole can kind of, you know, take advantage of Mickey Joseph and even uh, guys like yourself. Like this past season, you saw this, um, this arrangement that they had with tickets where disadvantaged youth who otherwise couldn't afford to go to games were able right. to go to games. And like, you know, the frost has kind of come under a little bit of fire, not getting these Omaha guys. Like they're going to Oklahoma or Iowa or wherever else. And so, you know, I see this opportunity to where, you know, Trev Alberts give out, gives out these tickets to these people that otherwise wouldn't go to games. That's right. You know, so and, that, that was that was huge, man. Not to cut you off, but yeah. no, I know. And, and kudos to the donors who, who put the money in for that, because that's that's a big bill. Uh, that's a big cost. I, matter of fact, we took advantage of it here. You know, I took kids, even though mm-hmm. I can take, you know, a small number of kids pretty much anytime I like. But to have to be able to take a lot of kids is is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, for those kids, you know, getting to be on the field, getting to feel the game day atmosphere is nothing like it. You know, Mickey talked about, you know, when we met that these other universities are coming to Nebraska to recruit kids and they way too comfortable. Mm-hmm. They're yes, comfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. They don't need to be comfortable in the state of Nebraska. And that's the goal. And like I said, uh, I have a program coming up with the university I'm putting on that people are going to start hearing about real soon. And I think it's going to be huge for recruiting. And with that, and we're partnering with the university, now I kind of have some skin in the game. You know, Deshaun Woods, Micah Mm -hmm. Riley, Devin Jackson, those three big-time recruits all came through, you know, this program that I run. And so now with me having a program at the university, I got some skin in the game. So now my talks with those kids will be a little different, right? Yeah. Uh, Because I'm doing some things with the university, whereas I wasn't at first. And I was more about, you know, getting these kids where they wanted to go and having their backs and whatever they say. Now with having these younger kids coming up, being in this youth program that I'm starting with the university, my talks with them and parents are way different. And it's, and you know, with that whole thing with the, the ticket exchange that they had with the youth coming and Nebraska honestly hasn't been totally relevant, right? It's easy for them to turn on the TV and they see Bama and LSU, you know, SEC teams in general. And they're like, okay, I want to go there. Yes. And it's just, you have the, with recruits, they got to come to Memorial stadium. They got to see the atmosphere. They got to see what it's all about. And so you got these young kids, Nebraska's winning three games a year. Like, no, you got to go to a game, man, like, and experience it and fall in love with it. And I think it's just such a great way to build that relationship again. Yeah. And that that's true because I've taken kids this past year to more games than I've ever taken kids. And one of my D linemen, this kid is going to be big time, man. Remember this name, Jerry Jackson. Okay, he's in okay. the eighth grade. JJ. He's going to be big time. And guess where he said he want to go? Nebraska. Nebraska. It is the first time since two – listen to this. In 2004 was my first group of kids that said they wanted to go somewhere else other than Nebraska. 
they were all big time USC. That was when Bush mm. oh, yeah. and all those guys, oh, yeah. that group of kids started to, I want to go somewhere. I want to, it was USC. Then it became Florida. Then Oregon jumped in there, right? Mm-hmm. It hasn't been Nebraska. But now I got a big-time kid that wants to go to Nebraska, and he's been to two of those games because of that, that program, right? He's gotten to go in the locker room. Oh, yeah. You know, so when we go, when they go with me, they get a little special privileges. Heck, oh, yeah, sure. they do. And so, and so they got to go and see what it really was like and be on the field and everything. And so that's his goal. He wanted to play for Nebraska. That's awesome. It's going to happen. This kid is a monster. It's going to happen. Jerry Jackson. Okay. Jerry Jackson. Well, yep. and, and the best part is, is like through your program that you're talking about, it's almost like Nebraska's got a extra recruiter that can get in the ears of these young men before, before other schools do. And if they get to see the experience in Nebraska before – their actual recruiting visits and they get to see all the special perks from a, from a legend like yourself. I mean, come on now. That, that, that is just great. No pressure on you. Of course. Yeah, No, no yeah. pressure. None. But, but, think, but think about this. Think about this. The biggest thing is for these kids that the people that's raising them seen Nebraska great. And for these kids to get this opportunity, it means a lot to them. And they'll tell their kid about how special this is that they get to do these things at the university because for the kids, they thinking, you know, it's an opportunity to be in Nebraska, work out and, you know, see the coaches. But for the parent, it's like, man, this is like, this is holy. This is holy grounds. You know, it's a different feeling because they've seen the powerhouse and, and they know that, if these kids that they're going to see together at one time in front of these coaches, the best ones end up at Nebraska, we on our way back to being what we used to be. Okay, look, here's the hoping, man. Here's the hoping. Yeah. It's it's right there, right? You just gotta just gotta take it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, think they will. I really yeah. believe they will. And I, I haven't felt like this in over two decades. Okay. Promise me. Is yeah. that Kool-Aid? Is that Kool-Aid man behind you? Yeah. yeah what do you got? Man. You got Kool-Aid behind you? This, this was actually a white hoodie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So it was just it went all That's over good. the place. Yeah. Hey, it goes. You have to drink it, not yeah, no, all of yourself. I got excited. I got excited. <laughs> okay. I think that's an excellent, I excellent think- place to wrap it up. Yeah. Um. So, where can people find you? Just uh, plug yourself. Um, where can people find you, Abdul Muhammad? Man, I tell you, one of the greatest things that I'm doing right now, man, and I'm getting kids involved with is seven on seven football. It's big. So I got two guys on my team, ninth graders with offers already, right? Christian Jones, he got Nebraska and like four other power fives. And then my quarterback just came from Miami playing in the tournament seven on seven. He gets an old Miss offer, ninth grader, right? Wow. And so I got two guys okay. on my 707 team, our traveling team, ninth grade with power five offers. Plenty more will be coming soon. Watch. We go to Vegas in about three weeks, and, and we're going to show them how we do it in Nebraska. And I guarantee you some of them other guys are going to start to get offers. But 
That's one of the biggest things that's going on right now, and it's going to help the state, is that kids are playing football year-round like basketball and baseball. Mm-hmm. It's then it's used to happen, but it's happening now, right? Um, social media, uh, you know, Abdul Muhammad Husker, CA27, on Twitter, associate head coach, assistant head coach at Benson High School. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep an eye out for that, man. They hadn't won a game in four years. Mm-hmm. Last year, my first year, we won three. Keep All an right. eye. Keep an eye on that. It's coming. Uh, and so uh, I'm excited about that. The Boys and Girls Club is my home. Mm-hmm. Some of the best kids in the state of Nebraska are right in this building right now. Uh, I get to work with them all the time. It's kind of like I've raised them. Uh, pretty excited about the group we got coming, coming through. Had a magnificent eighth grade team, uh, the Junior Bunnies, undefeated. Uh, I'm excited, man. Wow. Football, not only with Benson, but Nebraska, too. Yeah. I mean, look, we we just Mike and I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your your story and your perspective on Husker football and life in general. And thanks again for joining the NBNR podcast. Yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me. Of course. Absolutely. Signing off. Yeah, thanks. Thank you again, Abdul Muhammad, for coming on the pod and you know, like I said, sharing his experiences and his perspective on Nebraska football. And uh, not to mention Rich Carsonson for filling up our drinks while we were recording. What I mean, a guy. that was I think I snapped at him like, come on, Rich, come on. Well, and, <laughs> and he's the, back there like that. Nah. And that's the thing, you know, it's like you you come here, you're gonna get the best service around. Uh Patriarch Distillers, Nebraska Brewing Company, they all take care of one thing, and that is you guys. So when you come in here, you're gonna get a little bit of uh, a little bit of drinks, and you're going to get a lot of customer service. I mean, these guys, yeah. they want you to come back. They want you to bring your friends and family. So there's nothing better than coming into a family-owned or a veteran-owned place and enjoying yourself a drink with some friends or family. So, yeah. Enjoy enjoy that drink. And like Mike said at the beginning of the podcast, go follow Patriarch Distillers at Soldier Valley 6 on Twitter. Um, you do that, and it's going to up your chances of getting one of their hats. But yeah, I mean, we're everywhere. No block, no rock is everywhere. Yeah, we're in Norway, I think. I mean, <laughs> we are in every like the the countries that we are in right now. We're like the number six podcast in Jamaica right now. So yeah, man. There, there's a there's no a rock, pretty, no rock man. Yeah, no no block, no rock man. Yeah, man. Okay, so, we gotta be careful. Yeah, we gotta be a little careful. But <laughs> yes, uh, no, we we've got we're all over the place, guys. Oh, yeah. We're anywhere you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple iHeartRadio. Yeah. You know where it is. Uh, I mean, you guys listen to us every week. We appreciate all of you. And if, if you have friends and family that don't know about the podcast, please share. We love new listeners. Spread the word, baby. Spread the word. Don't forget about that hat giveaway. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NBNR Podcast. Go check out our website, nbnrpodcast.com. Merch. And uh, don't forget that we have merch out there. So if you do love the podcast, support the guys, support the guests that come on the show. And uh, I think that's all we got today. Let's sign off, man. I'm one of your hosts, Jared Hall. And I'm Mike Delaware. And as always, Patriarch Distillers at Soldier Valley Spirits. Go follow them. And GBR.